Welcome to Practical Wisdom, a weekly podcast about ancient Greco-Roman philosophy. I am your host, Massimo Piliucci. Today's reading is from Cicero, Tusculan Disputations, Book 156. The following is a short dialogue between two characters named A and M. Quote, A. To me, death seems to be an evil. M. What, to those who are already dead or to those who must die? A. To both. M. Tell me, I beseech you, are you afraid of the three-headed Cerberus in the shades below, and the roaring waves of Cossitus, and the passage over Acheron, and Tantalus expiring with thirst while the water touches his chin, and Sisyphus, who sweats with arduous toil in vain, the steepy summit of the mount to gain? A. Do you take me to be so imbecile as to give credit to such things? M. If then there is no one miserable in the infernal regions, there can be no one there at all. A. I am altogether of that opinion. M. Where then are those you call miserable, or what place do they inhabit? For if they exist at all, they must be somewhere. A. I indeed am of opinion that they are nowhere. M. Then they have no existence at all. A. Even so, and yet, they are miserable for this very reason, that they have no existence. M. I had rather now have you afraid of Cerberus than speak thus inaccurately. A. In what respect? M. Because you admit him to exist, whose existence you deny with the same breath. Where now is your sagacity? When you say anyone is miserable, you say that he who does not exist, does exist. Unquote. The Tusculan Disputations is a book in five parts, each tackling a difficult philosophical question, largely from a Stoic perspective, even though Cicero himself was not a Stoic, but rather a member of the Skeptical Academy. The first book, from which today's quote is excerpted, is about whether we should be afraid of death. The character A possibly represents Cicero's lifelong friend Atticus, while the character M appears to defend Cicero's own views on the matter. A says that in his opinion death is an evil, to which M replies with a request for clarification. Is death an evil to those who are alive or to those who are already dead? A responds to both, reflecting popular opinion both then and now. At this point, M makes fun of A for being gullible. The meaning of the exchange that comes next is crystal clear if one is familiar with Greco-Roman mythology. M accuses A of believing in the existence of imaginary entities like Cerberus, the three-headed dog that stands guard to the gates of the underworld, or Tantalus, condemned by Zeus to be near food and water without ever being able to reach them, or Sisyphus, punished for cheating death by being condemned to perennially roll a boulder uphill only to see it immediately fall back downhill. Of course, A protests that he isn't an imbecile, he doesn't believe in such made-up tales. The modern equivalent would be M asking whether his friend believes in, say, the existence of the devil and his fellow demons, or of angels, or that God really is a white-bearded man in the sky. Although a surprising number of 21st century denizens would reply in the affirmative, an educated person, including religious ones, would react just like A, denying to believe in obviously made-up stories. Having ascertained this much, M then suggests that there is no underworld, 
and therefore also nobody to populate it. A rightly agrees. But if that's the case, insists M, then where are these dead people who allegedly suffer from being dead? Nowhere, responds A, apparently unaware of the logical trap that is being prepared for him. M then proposes that if those people are nowhere to be found, then they do not exist. But A insists that nevertheless they suffer precisely because they don't exist. M concludes that it would be better if A believed in made-up tales after all, because the alternative seems to be that E believes in logical contradictions. E is saying at one and the same time that people do not exist, and yet that they suffer on account of their non-existence. But if they do not exist, how can they suffer? Although M's position is stoic, the very same argument was advanced by Epicurus. As he wrote in his letter to Menicius, Death, therefore, the most awful of evils, is nothing to us, seeing that when we are, death is not come, and when death is come, we are not. The general idea, which will later on be taken up also by Seneca, is that in order for suffering to be the case, there has to be a subject capable of experiencing such suffering. But death is the cessation of all conscious experience, including the ability to suffer. Another way to put the point is that it is a mistake to worry about what we will experience once dead, for the simple reason that we will not be there to experience anything. But, one might object, what about the possibility of life after death? Marcus Aurelius will contemplate this in his meditations, and in fact so does Cicero in other writings. But they both think of it as a welcome bonus rather than a problem. If we do survive physical death, it will not be in a physical state, but rather in the condition of a disembodied soul. But if the soul is disembodied, it means that it is not equipped with the physical stuff that makes it possible for us to sense things, and therefore to suffer. Ergo, even if there is an afterlife populated by ethereal souls, there still is no reason to think that there will be any suffering to be had. So, why worry? Thank you for listening to Practical Wisdom. We will return next week, fate permitting.